Welcome to Reengage. Um, my name is Jacob Neely. This is my wife, April. We've been married for nine years. We are a blended family. Um, we have four kids, three girls and a boy, aged 15, 13, seven, almost eight, and four. Uh, we've got a picture of our, our family. And the, the look on our son's face is probably because he's thrilled to be taking a picture with his sisters. Or in jeans, because he only wears athletic clothes. <laughs> um, we don't have enough time to go through everything in our testimony, but we're going to hit some of the highlights. Okay, so I grew up in a non-Christian home. My dad was a functioning alcoholic when my parents married. And my home life was full of instability and escalated fights between my parents. My parents divorced when I was in third grade, and I was full of anger. I was so bitter that my dad was not the dad that I thought that I deserved, and I started to resent my mom for marrying him. I began to isolate and lash out at everyone around me. My anger continued to build, but it was tolerated by my family. I never had clear rules or boundaries, and I didn't have consequences for my lack of respect. And I found a lot of comfort in just pretending to be carefree through school so that nobody understood what I was walking through. But my ninth grade year of high school, I met a friend and started to attend church with her and her family and accepted Jesus as my savior that summer. I was having a hunger for God's word, but I really didn't understand the depth of the gospel. I was just mostly staying plugged into youth group so that I would have a social life through high school to maintain friendships, to avoid being at home. I was reading the word off and on, but only gaining minimal head knowledge. I grew up in a Christian home, but it was much more of a performance-based environment than grace-based. Um, some of that just came naturally with having a twin brother. Everything was a competition. Uh, we went to church every Sunday in youth group, but there wasn't much else during the week. I was saved in fourth grade, but really didn't know what it meant to walk with Jesus until much later. My parents divorced when I was in fifth grade, and that led to a lot of anger issues for me for several years. Um, we continued to consistently go to church all throughout high school. I was also involved in Young Life. Um, I was pretty shy when it came to dating, so I didn't date very much. A, a lot of my identity at the time was tied up in sports and trying to fit in. I should also mention that I was introduced to pornography when I was in first grade uh, by a neighbor. I just wouldn't realize how much of an effect that would have on me until I was a lot older. So in college, I started to have a deeper understanding of the gospel through Bible classes that we were kind of required to walk through. Um, but I studied to study God's word, and I was asking a lot of questions. I got plugged into a local church, and I really started to have a desire to grow in spiritual maturity. But I had met a boy, and I decided to spend all my time and energy chasing a relationship I was really certain that having a husband would rid me of my anger and um, just help me wipe away the hurt of just not having a good relationship with my father. I just wasn't choosing to turn to the Lord and trust in him. So I got married two weeks after graduation, and I moved to Dallas. I was struggling and living in isolation, and I walked away from my faith. I became an expert at lying, and I worked really hard to convince others that I had a perfect life. And after eight years of pretending to have it all together, I was exhausted. A divorce was agreed upon, and I moved out of the house. And then I was a single mom with two young children. 
I went to work at a Young Life camp the summer after my senior year of high school. It was there that I really started to walk closely with the Lord, and it really set a great foundation for me as I went off to college. During college, I was involved in a Christian fraternity. I was surrounded by a lot of great Christian men and really got my first taste of the benefits of authentic community. After college, I moved to Houston and was in a job that I just I didn't enjoy. Um, I found myself turning to pornography as an escape from the stress of work. I was still pretty shy with girls, and pornography was also a place where I just wouldn't feel rejected. Uh, this struggle would continue off and on for years, including leading up to and into my marriage. Uh, throughout this time, I was involved in church. Things looked good on the outside, but I was a mess on the inside. So Jacob and I had worked together on different teams, and when I announced my separation to my coworkers, he was the only one who spoke up. He shared his faith, encouraged me to attend Watermark, and even told me about re-engage. When I explained that reconciliation wasn't an option, he encouraged me to look into divorce care, which is Watermark's ministry offering hope and healing in Jesus in the midst of a divorce. He also shared about his parents' divorce and asked how he could be praying for me and the kids. So Jacob and I continued to build a friendship, even though my divorce was not finalized. And we quickly started dating, and we tried really hard to try to hide that relationship. We knew it was unwise, but we really didn't want to give up our selfish desires. I started to attend Sunday service. I went through divorce care. I was showing up to church, but I wasn't fully seeking the Lord. And I wanted to feel worth, but I didn't understand that my worth is in who God says I am. And dating Jacob was a way for me to find affirmation and attention. He was such a cool, good-looking man, and I really thought his personality and the way he treated me was a missing piece of the happiness I had been seeking. I struggled a lot in my 20s with wanting to find a wife. Um, when April shared that she was going through a divorce, dating her really wasn't on my mind. Um, that changed pretty quickly as we spent a lot of time talking. We started dating while April was still married. Um, I had a faithful friend who spoke truth into my life and told me that even though she was going through a divorce, I was still dating a married woman and hindering any potential for her marriage to reconcile. So I talked to April, and we stopped dating at that point for a couple months, but remained pretty close and talked a lot. Uh, Proverbs 15.31 says, The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. I'd love to say that this verse was true of me, but I still wanted to do things my own way. And at this point, I pretty much stopped abiding with the Lord and just focused on my selfish desires. So when my divorce was finalized, we jumped back into dating and things progressed very quickly. And we didn't have firm boundaries in place, so we crossed the line physically. And we minimized and justified the sin of sex before marriage. I really didn't understand God's design for sex within the covenant of a marriage, and I definitely valued my physical, um, physical intimacy on my terms over being obedient to the Lord. And Jacob and I were attending church together, but just showing up to check it off the box. During our engagement, we attended Merge, which is Watermark's premarital ministry for seriously dating and engaged couples, but we chose not to expose our sin. We got married and worked to adjust to life as a blended family. We've got a picture of our, our wedding day. A lot less gray hair in that picture. Um, less tired. Yeah. As April had mentioned earlier, she had two kids when we got married. We quickly discovered that we had 
different parenting views regarding discipline and consequences. In the first few years of our marriage, we had a lot of life change. April got pregnant, we moved houses. Uh, April lost her job and began a journey of being a stay-at-home mom. I also had a job change and we changed churches. Um, all that change led to a lot of stress and created a lot of conflict. We both struggled with negative communication patterns, um, especially escalating. We didn't know how to fight well at all. We were still isolating and not pursuing community. I found myself returning to pornography during the stressful times. I just I hated that I struggled with it, and I prayed all the time that God would remove that struggle. I would have moments of confession, but it typically wasn't full confession, and also times where uh, April would just find out about the struggle. Um, there was a lot of guilt and shame, and I would try to change things, but nothing seemed to work. I'd have temporary moments of freedom, but fall back into the same patterns. Uh, the thing that I would realize later is that I was trying to make the changes on my own instead of letting God do the work in me. I'd constantly try to convince myself that I could stop, and I just needed to be more disciplined. So in my stress, I was holding on to the illusion of control, manipulating situations and conversations to try and force Jacob to live up to some really unrealistic expectations became routine. I intentionally invalidated him when things weren't going my way, and I wanted to punish him for being less than perfect. My desire for affirmation was driving the way I saw and treated Jacob. And being overly emotional and full of anger, my expectations were changing daily. He couldn't keep up, but watching him struggle to try and meet those needs temporarily made me feel loved. And I also demanded that he be the dad to our kids that I felt cheated out of. And when the desires of my flesh weren't satisfied, I was quick to play the victim and continue a pattern of blame shifting. And in all of that, and um, the things I was doing intentionally, I was still blinded by my pride in all of that. And I was just making Jacob and our marriage my idol. So three years ago, we found ourselves back at Watermark. Uh, we really wanted to get involved with serving and get plugged into a community group. It took us a few months before we started the membership process. Uh, and after being back for about nine months, we completed the process and joined a community group. We made the decision to be intentional, to grow in our walks with the Lord, but we still had a lot that we needed to work on, particularly um, expressing expectations and having healthy conflict. So a week after we joined our community group, my grandpa died. We had a very close relationship, and I had been his caregiver for 13 years. And my identity was wrapped up and what he thought of me. He had been my replacement dad. His death helped me see that putting my hope in people would always lead to disappointment. I hit my knees and prayed for God to give me the courage to start regeneration. Watermark's 12-step discipleship program um, for healing and recovery from struggles. And while I was in regeneration, my dad and I finally had true reconciliation. And then he unexpectedly died three weeks later. Even though I had tremendous grief with back-to-back -back deaths, God showed me that he was my perfect father, the one that would never fail me. I was finally finding true peace, and I was understanding that by turning to the Lord and yielding to the Spirit, that true joy comes from being fully devoted to Christ. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. 
At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When I stopped putting pressure on Jacob to meet the needs that he was never intended to fulfill, I started to believe in his best. In October of 2018, April and I got into easily the worst argument of our marriage. Things escalated and got out of control very quickly. We'd already been talking with our community group about uh, attending re-engage as a group. And this fight was really a wake-up call that even though we weren't in a terrible place, we knew our marriage could be stronger. We'd always been willing to address conflict, but we wanted to learn how, how to have healthy conflict. During this time, I also continued to struggle with pornography addiction. Um, as we were going through open group, my sin came to light. I, I didn't realize it, but I had been struggling for nearly two years. Uh, the sin had such a hold on me that I was blind to how long I'd been trapped in it. The Holy Spirit convicted me, and uh, I made a very conscious decision at that point that to bring everything to light with April and our community group, uh, especially the men. Proverbs 28.13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. No questions were off limits, and my response was only going to be full truth. I also made the decision uh, to get rid of Facebook, which is where most of my struggle was taking place at the time. Uh, the beginning of Psalm 101.3 says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. All these years I'd prayed for this struggle to be removed, but God really showed me that it wasn't going to be removed until I was fully faithful to him. Once I had confessed and removed the main avenue of temptation, he was completely faithful to remove the struggle from my life. It's been a year. Uh, February 12th was a year, and God's given me so much freedom. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Uh, this freedom is real. I've experienced it, and it's just so refreshing to, to be fully known. I didn't have to worry every day, you know, am I going to give in again? Am I gonna, how am I going to avoid this? Um, and this freedom really helped me as we entered into our closed group for reengage. So there were times when Jacob had come to me and confessed his struggle with pornography. I never chose to show grace. I was quick to shame him and withhold sex to have power over him. I had not been a safe place for confession. Not only did I lash out over his sin, I was harsh and critical over when and where he confessed. But this time was different. God was at work transforming my heart, and I was surrendering because I recognized my desperate need for him. And God has softened my heart, and I was able to see Jacob through my own brokenness. Um, I had seen God's grace and mercy through my sin struggles, and God was teaching me how to live out Ephesians 4.32, which says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And Jacob was showing complete humility, and his choice to be fully authentic was evident. Through his confession, the Spirit stirred my heart to be fully known and give up that last 1% that I had been holding on to. Right before Jacob and I dated, I had an inappropriate relationship with a married coworker. And Jacob asked me specifically why we were dating if that rumor was true. And I lied and convinced him it was a rumor. And I convinced myself that it wouldn't impact Jacob, our dating relationship, or our marriage. Psalm 32.3 says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. 
holding on to that lie and unconfessed sin fed my fear and insecurities for a decade. My confession to Jacob was met with immediate grace and love. I was walking in freedom, and I was fully known, and I was no longer a slave to that hidden sin. And having that freedom and confession, it ended my desire to avoid Jacob because I was so afraid that my secrets were going to be exposed. It was going to be the last straw, something that drove a wedge between us, caused a divorce. I just lived in constant fear, and I would pick fights just to make sure that my sin didn't come to light. I wanted to deflect. But that freedom allowed me to truly connect with Jacob and enjoy our marriage on a whole new level. Exposing sin fully allowed God to grow us closer to him and to each other. We were no longer distracted by unconfessed sin. We started our reengage close group with nothing to hide. God was already at work strengthening our marriage. We committed to working hard and reengage. We studied God's word together, spent time in prayer, did our homework individually, and discussed it together each week. We started to be intentional about building time in our week to pour into our marriage. And we ensured that we wouldn't get caught up in busyness or parenting and neglect our marriage. We committed to not be passive. Through the reengage homework and the discussions that we had with each other and with our group, I was reminded to see the best in April. We were able to talk through expectations and started to address the negative communication patterns that were hindering our oneness. Another difficult thing that I really had to realize was that I needed to be willing to let April admonish me and not be defensive about it. I needed to be humble enough to accept the admonishment and know that it was coming from a place of love. Uh, and also, forgiveness is really hard, but it's not optional. So during reengage, I was able to own that I was the biggest problem in our marriage. I stopped expecting Jacob to change and instead chose to see my own selfishness. I was willing to let go of my stubborn attitude and turn to the Lord for wisdom and how to build Jacob up and show love and respect. And instead of falling back into old patterns of harsh words and blame shifting, God is teaching me to live out James 1.19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And in the midst of conflict, I'm quick to look at what I contribute and own my part. Letting go of my pride helps me ask for forgiveness and put the needs above Jacob, or put the needs of Jacob above my own. So we finished reengage in November, just a few months ago. Uh, God's continuing to work on our marriage based on what He revealed to us in reengage. We've tried to be intentional about pouring into our marriage and making sure that that didn't stop once reengage was over. God's constantly showing us grace and showing us areas where we can still do better, uh, do a better job of moving towards oneness, um, such as showing humility, continuing to work through our expectations, showing grace to each other, and just growing in intimacy. Uh, an area where God continues to grow me would be how I view and treasure April. I used to think that it would be so great if I had a Proverbs 31 wife. Um, however, God's really changed my view of that passage and shown me that I need to view and treat April the way a Proverbs 31 wife should be treated. I still have a long ways to go with that, but God's not finished with our story yet. Um, if we could give you some advice to take away from our story, it would be that unconfessed sin is extremely destructive. Now's the time to bring it to light. It can't wait. 
Ephesians 5, 8 through 11 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. There is definitely tremendous peace and healing from exposing sin and being fully known and being authentic. It's true in James 5, 16, where it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Not only did exposing our sin strengthen our walk with the Lord, it brought us closer together. It allowed us to sweeten up every relationship. It changed the way we view our kids, the way we parent, and it just drew us closer to our family. It truly is life-changing to trust in the Lord and to live out his word. Thanks for listening. Thank you.